you found a message that was delivered at Living Streams Community Church in McCordsville, Indiana. We are praying the time you invest hearing God's Word encourages you in your walk with Jesus and inspires you to share Him with others. If you want to learn more about us or send us a prayer request, visit our website, livingstreamscc.org. Thank you for listening. Hey, today we're starting a new series in the book of 1 Thessalonians called Next Level Living. So if you've got a Bible, you can take that and turn there. You can find that in the New Testament, uh, right after the book of Colossians, and right before 1 Timothy. Speaking of Colossians, didn't John Paul do a great job last week preaching his first sermon? I mean, I was so happy for him and, and for us. I hope you saw what I saw. A man after God's own heart who's wanting to say yes to him and see where that is going to take him. So you can pray for us because you know what? Um, we want to be a church that practices 2 Timothy 2.2 where we pass on to faithful men who can teach others what you've heard from me. And so you're going to hear more from John Paul uh, uh, this coming year, uh, Lord willing, and you can pray for us that we'll figure out how to start start working that out. Now, as I prayed for uh, where to kind of go in the Bible on our Sunday mornings, uh, I felt sure that these two letters to the Thessalonians is where you know God wanted us to go. I thought it was the right place, but I wasn't so sure about the title, Next Level Living. So when you hear that, you might be tempted to think, you know, we're going to be encouraged to, you know, really put some muscle into getting this life to the next level. You know, to, to take it up a, a notch, to, to put some effort into it, more effort. Let's make some New Year's resolutions. Let's take this life to the next level with God. You know what I'm talking about? You know, kind of like the Colts. I think they're playing around right now as I'm recording this. Um, you know, it's playoff football. So when they take the field today, they're going to take it to the next level, you know. This is one and done. If you don't win, you're going home. Season's over. So that's got to be their attitude. We'll find out tomorrow how they, how they do. How many times have we said this kind of thing in our Christian life, in our walk with Jesus? You know, we kind of put a line in the sand. We make this commitment. We're going to do better. We're going to work harder at this thing. Now, I'll tell you, as much as... Uh, my man heart wants to take on that challenge, wants to, wants to say, yeah, let's go for it and take you with me. I just got to be honest with you and confess with you, I just don't have it in me. <laughs> if, I could, if I could describe my heart to you right now with one word, I think it would be weary. I'm just weary. Weary of all this COVID stuff and masking up and... You know, the numbers and on and on. Weary of fear ruling our lives. You know, an online church and empty seats. Weary of all that. Weary of politics and cloudy skies. Weary of all the arguments of bad news and social media and unanswered prayers. Weary of my sins my bad habits, my aging body, my disappointments, the wounds of my heart, all of this feeding weary, weariness in my heart. Now, I'm even weary from being happy. <laughs> you know, we, we, we had Christmas, and then we had New Year's, and then our family uh, celebrated Gavin's wedding to Megan, 
And all of that was so good, and I thank you for your prayers, but it has just left my heart weary. So I don't know. I don't know if you can relate to that or not, but listen, the good news is God says in His Word that when we are weak, then He is strong. You know, in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29, it says, He gives power to the weak, and He gives strength to the weary. And so if you're like me, if you're feeling a little weary of life right now, it, it's okay. And actually, it's, it's not a bad thing, because it's there that God can do only what He can do in our lives. And you know, the truth is, even if we did have it in us to try to take this, this life to the next level, we couldn't do it. Because we're never going to get to another level with God unless God takes us there. So we need Him to change us. We need Him to grow us, to purify our hearts, to cause us to hunger for spiritual things instead of the things of this world. Any spiritual gains that we can boast of are because God did it in us. Now, to take this life to the next level with God, it does require our cooperation. It does require some effort in certain ways. But He is the one who works in us to will and to work for His good pleasure. Now, the Thessalonians, they are in full cooperation with God. Full cooperation with Him. Uh, they are just learning to walk with Him. And, and they're doing it under very difficult circumstances. Take ten minutes today and read all of 1 Thessalonians if you haven't already. And I'm going to start this next level living by reading just one verse. Okay, just one verse, the first verse. So here it is. Paul... Silvanus and Timothy, to the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. Let's say, let's say a prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you today, and we're feeling the weight of the world on us. We've got a new year but we still got the same challenges that we were facing at the end of 2020. We got this virus all around us. We got fears. We got worries. We got challenges at work, challenges at home. And Lord, here we're, we're wanting to start something new in this book of, of 1 Thessalonians. So we pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would refresh our hearts today, that he would give us ears to hear your voice and that he would use this book in our lives to do just what we need to grow us, to change us, to make us look more like you, to help us live these days that we're living. I pray the words of my mouth, the meditations on my heart would be pleasing in your sight, O oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so this greeting... The greeting of this letter, it gives us a chance to look at the next level participants. So it's a standard greeting for letters back in the day. It lists off who was writing it first. So you get Paul, Silvanus, which is Silas, and Timothy. So it's those three. Now, those three, 
They showed up in Thessalonica on Paul's second missionary journey in around 49 A.D. And you can read about what happened there back in Acts chapter 17, verses 1 to 9. So it went really well for about three weeks as Paul went to the synagogue and he reasoned with the Jews from the scriptures and the prophets that they were pointing to Jesus as the Messiah, that they were all speaking about him. So when the people started to believe, the Jews, they got jealous. And so they stirred up trouble for them with the city officials. And so that meant that Paul and Timothy and Silas, they had to leave immediately under cover of darkness. But that was not an easy thing to do because they were leaving behind people who had just believed. They had started a church that needed protection and direction and more teaching. So Paul, he's one of these participants. He'd been a believer for about 14 years um, by this time in his life. He grew up as a Pharisee, you know, so he had lots of training in the Jewish scriptures, a lot of, of law-abiding living, a lot of strict law-abiding living. So he had this encounter with the risen Christ on a trip to Damascus. He was going there to find and to stomp out this new way of believing that was luring Jews away from the true faith. On that road, Jesus blinded Paul so that he could see who Jesus really was and so that he could hear what Jesus really wanted him to do. Now you fast forward 14 years from that event and Paul is now working with that same zeal that he had back then, but now it's to spread the news that Jesus is the Christ, that he was the way to have life forever, to have your sins forgiven and to know God. And people are responding to that message. They're responding to the gospel and churches, new churches, are getting started. So this letter to the Thessalonians, it was written like 18 months after he had visited Thessalonica. And so the believers in the community church of Thessalonica, they're not even two years old in the Lord. So they're really new at this faith. And Paul is concerned about them. He's worried about how they're living. And so he sends Timothy back in those 18 months to find out how they're doing. Timothy comes back to Paul, and he's got this good report, this amazing report about the new believers there in Thessalonica. And that is then what causes Paul to write this letter. So the greeting in verse 1 tells us who Paul is writing to. It says he's writing to the church. So it's not just one person. He's writing to a group of persons who are meeting together regularly, who are believing together, who are learning together and caring for one another. Now as we read, you're going to see this letter is a personal letter. It's got a personal tone to it. It's, it's informal. Paul is writing to people that he knows and he wants to encourage them, to assure them, to comfort them, to tell them, Hey, keep going and to teach them. He wants them to keep doing what they're doing and he wants them to keep growing in their faith and their love for each other. So those are the participants and that is the occasion for Paul writing this letter. Now let's fast forward again to 2021 and Living Streams 
Community Church. We are at the beginning of this letter, the beginning of a new series, and so that means there's an opportunity for us to be next level participants. Paul's words become God's words to us. The Thessalonians' spiritual lives become this picture for us to compare our lives to and how we're living. And as we do that, the Holy Spirit is going to speak to us. Sometimes He's going to be encouraging us to keep going. Sometimes He's going to be convicting us to get going. But He'll speak to us. Now, participation is voluntary. It's voluntary. It'll require some reading and writing. It'll require some praying and believing. But listen, anybody can jump in if you decide to. And if you know the Lord, if you are a believer in Jesus. You see, all the participants that Paul was writing to had made this decision to trust that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. And that he died on that cross so that sins could be forgiven and that we could know God. And when he rose from the grave three days later, it proved that he... He said that he was who he said he was and that what he did was sufficient to forgive people of their sins if they would just believe in him, save them to God and save them from an eternity without God. And so when they made that decision, they started this spiritual relationship with God that can never be broken. And they were learning how to live in that relationship. So to become a next level participant, you need to have made that decision too. To believe in Jesus. To trust that he was God's son and that his death on the cross was sufficient to forgive you of your sins and you can be forgiven and know God. Start the spiritual relationship with him. It, it's kind of like just, it's just, it, just kind of like going to the dentist. Kind of. You know, when you go to the dentist, you, you sit back in that dental chair, right? And they put the, the paper napkin around your neck and you lay there and you open up your mouth and you let this dentist work on your mouth. What you're doing then is you're trusting that dentist to take care of you. Well, it's a, it's a similar thing. You're trusting Jesus with your soul, with your sins, with yourself. And when you do that, you become born again, sins forgiven, and you got a future home with Him forever. That's what believing in Him will do. Have you made that decision? You can do it today. You can do it today. You can believe in Him. Do you want to be a next level participant? <clears throat> to say yes to God. And if you do, here's what you're in for. Next level persistence. Now, next level persistence. I like that word persistence. It's kind of a combination of two other words, perseverance and resistance. So Paul's writing to his friends in this church. He's wanting them to keep standing and keep going. He's wanting them to keep believing and keep loving, to keep learning and keep sharing. As participants in this next level living, you're going to need strength for today and you're going to need hope 
for tomorrow. And Paul's words to these believers are exactly why they were, that's exactly why they were written. So in chapter 1, after verse 1, after the greeting, the rest of chapter 1 is Paul giving this church a literary high five. You know, he said, high five, you keep going. You guys are a model. Look at what you're doing. Look at how you're walking by faith. I mean, maybe compare that to starting a new job. You know, you go in there as a new employee, you got a new job to learn, everything's brand new, and your boss comes up to you after the first week and he says, man, you're doing a really awesome job. In fact, everybody could learn something from the way you're working around here. And that's what happens when your coach gives you a, you know, a pat on the back, says keep it up, or your teacher, or your pastor, high five, keep going, you're doing great. That's what Paul does in chapter one. In chapter two, Paul begins to defend his ministry there, to defend himself, defend, to defend his message, and what he did when he was there. See, Paul, he had to leave town quickly, but he left the people there that were attacking him. So, so imagine, you're one of these new believers, and your neighbor, he still attends the synagogue that you just left. And you, you, know, you meet up at the end of the driveway, and he comes to you, and he starts throwing these questions at you and say, Man, have you heard about this teacher? He's going around luring Jews away from the true faith. Are you sure you know what you're doing? Are you sure you don't want to come back to the synagogue? So Paul is here. He's, he's uh, reassuring these new believers that, that he wasn't there to hurt them. He wasn't there to take advantage of them, to take their money, none of that. He just came to tell them the good news that Jesus Christ died to save sinners. And then he wants to know how, he wants them to know how to live for them, live for him. So the chapter then it finishes up with him reassuring them that look, his physical absence from them doesn't mean that he's forgotten about them, and it doesn't mean that he doesn't care about them. And then chapter 3 begins uh, explaining that that's why he sent Timothy, to make sure that they were doing okay, and that he's over the moon proud of them by the, how they're living their lives. Now, I'm sure that many of you might be able to relate to Paul's feelings here, not being able to come to church, not being able to show physically that your hearts are here, that you want to be with your church family. You know, when I talk to you, uh, some of you that I haven't seen for a while or I haven't heard from in a while, and you tell me, you know, you're watching online or you're keeping up or whatever it might be, you, you connect with me. Every time that happens, my heart gets strengthened to keep on going, keep pressing on, keep doing this thing. We're going to get through it together. That's exactly what Paul is doing right here for the Thessalonians. In chapter 4, Paul gives them some practical things to pay attention to in their lives. To, to how to live a life that is pleasing to God, to not worry so much about pleasing your neighbor and what they think of you or what the culture says, but live your life as a, as a, a witness for Jesus. Um, the chapter ends with some details about Jesus and when he comes back. Uh, these new believers, they were grieving some people that had passed away, and they thought they were going to miss out on the return of, of the king. And so Paul, he goes about correcting that thinking, and, and in so doing, he's comforting them in their grief. He is giving them hope that the goodbyes we say here are only temporary for, for those that are in the Lord. 
And then chapter 5, it starts with more hope and more explanation about how we should be living our lives in a state of readiness, keeping watch that Jesus could return any day. See, for believers, that's not a day that we look forward to with fear and dread. And the fact that it is on God's calendar and that it is coming should give us great hope for living today and to keep going for our future. So that day that Paul talks about, it's way closer today than it was for the Thessalonians. It's, It's a day I look forward to more and more every day. Chapter 5 ends the letter with more instructions and a benediction and a blessing. All of these words are there to provide strength for today and hope for tomorrow, resulting in next level persistence. Do you need any of that today? Some spiritual strength that comes from a divine high five? Do you need any of that? Do you need some spiritual reassurance that who you're believing in is true and our lives are safe in His hands? Some spiritual comfort from the pains of this world and a divine hand that reaches down and lifts up your head and says, keep watch, be ready, I'm coming. Spiritual instructions for living against the current of our culture. And living for the next level, I need these things. I sure need them. I want all of it that I can handle. I want to want more of it. To live in God's strength and be a prisoner of hope because of what he's promised in his word to us. But you know what? It's it's not about me. And it's really not about you. It's about us. Us together as the body of Christ. What if together, while we're separated, but what if together we make this decision together to take this spiritual life to the next level with God? You know, to work with next level persistence together, to not let the virus or politics or our fears or disappointments or disagreements keep us where we are, keep us stuck and separated from each other. What if we decided to do that? You know what would that would do for us? It will open us up to next level possibilities. Next level possibilities. A together decision to participate in this is going to mean another level for you of strength and and perseverance and hope on a spiritual level. Because that's the way it works. When we make this decision together. See, on my own, I will not have the self-discipline to get into the Word every day and to show up at the prayer meeting every week. On my own, I'm not going to have it. The more private my spiritual life is, the easier it is for me to hide my sins from other people. You know, to put on this, this, to paint this picture of this spiritual guy who knows God's Word, who, who knows how to pray, who's full of the Holy Spirit, who gives a little to the less fortunate, but really, I never share Christ with anybody that isn't inside the church. You know, if, but if I just have one other believer, one other believer who really knows me, who really knows what I'm struggling with, who reminds me of God's grace for me when I fail, who is loving me like Jesus, if I just have one other person 
like that in my life, the chances of me going to another level with God go way, way up. So we've got to do this together. It's a together thing. And see, right now, we are living in safe silos. You know, it's, it's kind of the, the way we're doing life right now, away from each other. And that only supports our ability to look good on the outside, but on the inside, we're drifting from Christ. We're lost. We're wandering. We're ineffective and un unproductive in the kingdom of God. Listen, if you are tired of just living a, a religious life that's trying to look good on the outside, if you are interested in next level possibilities for your life with God, for your spiritual life, you don't have to wait for it to be safe to get together with someone else or a group of someone else's. Because here's the truth. It's never going to be safe. It's never going to be safe. It is never safe to open up your real, your real self to somebody else. To, to really share who you are and what's going on inside. It's never safe to do that because it opens you up to the possibility of getting hurt, of getting betrayed, of getting rejected. But listen, if you never do that, you will never know what true friendship really is. You will never know the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit between believers who have no masks on. You'll never know that. You'll be living the life that God said wasn't good for us to live. You'll be living alone when you're surrounded by people. If you decide, though, to do it, you just got to call someone. Call someone and meet somewhere and just tell them, listen, I am ready to take my spiritual life with Jesus to another place, to another level. And I want to know if you want to go there with me. What's going to happen if you do that? What are the possibilities? Well, listen, you'll be in the Bible more. You'll be in a, a next level immersion. You'll be reading the Word, studying the Word, memorizing, meditating, hearing it preached. You'll be doing all of those things. And that's going to keep you from conforming to the patterns of this world by the transforming and the renewing of your mind. And then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. How's that sound for a next level possibility? That'll happen. You'll have a prayer life that goes to the next level. It'll go beyond your prayer closet. It'll go beyond the mealtime. You know, prayer will become this constant conversation with God that has you listening to Him and praying for others, and praying with others in places that you would never imagine. You know, like the Meyer parking lot. <laughs> you know, there's a lady here last week, and she uh, she was looking for Pastor Maquan, who had prayed for her some 15 years ago. She had gone to see Pastor about, uh, about a problem that he was having in his life, and before he knew it, she knew it, she was... Uh, having him pray to God about a problem in her life. And before she left his home, he said to her, God's going to solve your problem. And she wanted to contact him. She ran into him, ran, ran across him on our website, I think, and thought he was here. And so she wants to thank him because a year later, God solved her problem. That kind of prayer life is available to you 
It's next level praying. Another possibility is another level of holiness. Wouldn't you like to end 2021 with less sin in your life? Less disobedience? Less pain because of sin than you got right now? You know, the only way to kill sin in your life is for God to give you the power to do it. The Holy Spirit producing in you the fruit of faithfulness and self-control and giving you a spiritual strength to resist temptation like never before. That's really possible. If we'll give ourselves together to this next level pursuit. And then, speaking of the Holy Spirit, there's another level to go with Him. Being full of Him. You know, Jesus called us... Um, or Jesus described followers, um, that his followers would be living this John 7:38 life, that streams of living water will flow from within us. And, you know, that's what he was talking about. The Holy Spirit flowing from our lives, bearing fruit in our lives, and giving us gifts to build up the church and to glorify God. And then the Spirit leads us out into the lives of other people. You know, to be Jesus' hands and feet and voice. To show them mercy. To lift them up. And when we have opportunity, to share Christ with them. Wouldn't it be amazing if in 2021, you led someone to Jesus, to faith in Jesus for the first time. Wouldn't it be amazing? Wouldn't that make 2021 the best year ever? That is a real possibility. If we would put some effort into pursuing God through this love letter called 1 Thessalonians. Now again, this is a together thing. And if we would do this together, there's going to be next level consequences for living streams. It's going to mean more. More ministry. More services. More people. More impact in our community. More impact on the mission field. We'll grow our church outside the walls of living streams as we use our homes as places of worship that our neighbors can come to. We have the technology to do that now. We'll grow our family ministry to a place where it's helping parents raise their kids in the training and instruction of the Lord. We'll strengthen our youth ministry that's preparing kids to leave home and leave their home church and not leave the faith. We'll have a training night where we teach new believers the basics of following Jesus. Where we're training couples who've gotten married how to pursue oneness in their marriage. We're teaching parents how to bring their kids up, how to disciple them. Teaching families how to manage money God's way. All of those things the church can do. We will be there will be more outreach to our neighbors using this building as a to, to bless them and using our bodies to go to them and to get involved in their lives. I mean the possibilities are so exciting. But there's just no way that I can get that done by myself. There's just no way. It's going to take us all together saying yes to God and giving ourselves to a next level of living with Him, even if it costs us our lives. Now, as I reveal all those things that the Spirit stirs in my heart about our church, I mean, those are things that I think about for living streams in the future. And as I think about things, then my flesh rises up and it speaks to me and it says, But Greg, you're tired. 
You're weary. Remember that? And I, I, I think about the effort that it takes and the work that it takes to grow a church in this day and age in which we are living. And I just run to Jesus and I say, Jesus, you're the one who called me to this. How do we do it? And he says to me, Greg, I want to remind you of what I say to people who are like you. I say, come to me. All you are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And Jesus says, I want to remind you of what I said to Peter. I will build my church. And so what that really means for me is a next level of dependence and a next level of surrender of all of the dreams and things I think about for our church. And I hope that you go there too. In fact, I want to end with a song. A song that uh, it's an oldie, and maybe you don't know it, but it's been something I go to again and again to help rest in Jesus. Pray these words would be the desire of your heart as you think about this next level living, this opportunity we've got as we start this book of 1 Thessalonians. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the help that it gives us as we live this life on this earth, as we live as aliens and strangers in this foreign land. Thank you for the reminders that it gives us, Lord, of how you want us to live, of the promises that it gives us about your return and the hope that it gives us because of those. I pray as we dive into this book that we'll give our hearts to it and we'll do it together. That we'll put ourselves in your hands, trusting you like never before to do what only you can do in us and through us. I look forward to this 2021 that we have ahead of us. We don't know what, what will come of it, but we know you'll be with us, and we thank you for that, Lord. Fill us with your Holy Spirit today as we, as we go about life. Remind us to keep watch. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lord bless you and keep you. We'll see you next week.